Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. We are in 2 Corinthians 8, and we're going to look at verse 9 today. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, and that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Uh, this verse starts out with, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, grace, what, what is grace? Well, uh, one definition is that it is unearned favor. It's God pouring out his blessing on you for no reason, other than that he's just a good God, right? And so when you think about grace, uh, your relationship with God centers around grace. Ephesians 2 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift not of works, lest anyone should both. So there's nothing you can do to earn salvation to go to heaven. No one is going to heaven because they did more good works than bad works. It's by grace. It's a gift. All of the works uh, that any of us could ever do are not enough to earn salvation because God gives us salvation by grace. And Jesus said in Matthew 26, 39, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, Jesus was saying, if mankind can be saved any other way than me dying on the cross, then let's do that. If people could earn salvation by doing good works, then Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. Uh, Jesus said, but not your will, my will be done. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. So Jesus redeemed us by his grace. Now, what does that mean? Redemption is a word that was used in those days when someone would purchase a slave out of slavery at the slave market for the specific purpose of setting them free. Now, I don't know if you can get that picture in your mind, but in those days, in the Roman world, there were slaves. If you didn't pay your debt, you had to become a slave. <clears throat> and someone could pay to free you from slavery. Now, that is a picture of what Jesus has done for us, that we were slaves to sin, to our sinful nature, just giving in to whatever sinful, carnal thing that our sin nature wanted to do. And Jesus paid the price and redeemed us from slavery to, to the flesh, and has set us free. <clears throat> and so when you think about the forgiveness of sins, it is by grace. It's God's grace. God's grace is so vast that the Bible says we're going to be learning about it throughout the ages to come. So if I were to say to you, do you understand God's grace? And you might say, well, I kind of understand God's grace. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So we're going to be learning about God's grace. So when he starts out in verse 9 and says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, I would ask you today, do you know it personally? Have you experienced God's grace, his unmerited, undeserved favor, his blessings? If you haven't, then you should start because it's the best thing ever, right? And uh, I, I would ask you... <clears throat> Are you growing in God's grace? If you know his grace, but are you growing in it? Because the Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, uh, as Savior Jesus Christ. And so grow in grace means that we are to be growing in our understanding of this concept of grace that, that God gives good gifts 
to people who have done nothing to earn it and nothing to deserve it. Now, <clears throat> that's a hard concept for us because we all grow up with you earn it, right, and, and you deserve it, right? Now, grace, though, is the opposite of entitlement, <clears throat> which uh, I'm sure everybody knows about, entitlement, which is kind of a thing now. <clears throat> but God's grace is giving you blessings and good things that you didn't deserve, right? And, and so when he says in verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, who though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Now, when it talks about Jesus being rich, it's talking about the reality that he was in heaven, right? In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, Jesus left the glory of heaven and all the riches that were related to it in order to come to earth to redeem us from our sins. See, God knew that there would be people like us who, living in rebellion to God, tired of being lonely, angry, upset, tired of striving, and, and going through life with no meaning, no purpose, right? God knew that there would be people that would have this innate sense that there is something better, that, that people that wanted to have a better life, wanted to have a meaningful life, uh, but they were in bondage to sin. We, they were slaves to sin. And so Jesus knew that if he came and died on the cross and redeemed us from the bondage of sin, that we could be free to experience what God intended in his creation of mankind, to have fellowship with God, to experience God's love and God's blessings in our lives. And so Jesus knew that, and so Jesus came. As it says in our text that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, I could understand if Jesus left the glory of heaven, came to earth to force everybody to be good, right? Now, Many people think that, well, if I was God, I wouldn't let people choose to do evil, right? And some people think, yeah, we should force everybody to be good. And, you know, that's kind of what communism does, but it doesn't work. But anyway, uh, but what's more perplexing to me is that Jesus would come and die on the cross and give us all a free choice to choose. And that some people would reject him and some people would accept him. Some people would receive his grace and be set free from the bondage of sin. And some people would say, nope, I would rather live in rebellion and bondage to the flesh and do whatever my flesh says and spend all of my life empty and lonely and trying to find meaning in life, jumping from one thing to the next. And yet, he came and gives us the free will to choose, right? And, and I love that. But one of the great things about having a relationship with God is that he doesn't force you to do anything you don't want to do, unlike communism, <laughs> unlike liberalism, right? I mean, in the liberal world, I don't want to get off on that, right? They tell you how to think, how to live. With God, Jesus says, you can think however you want. You want to ruin your life? Go ahead. You want to have a great life? Well, I got that for you, right? And I love it that he allows you and me to freely choose how we want to live, right? And, and in Romans 5, he says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for me, died for us, right? And that blows my mind, that while I was an atheist, partying, being a heathen, telling people they shouldn't go to church, Christ died for me. So did I deserve that Jesus should die for me? No. Do you? No, right? But he did it. Why? Because he loves us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, right? He didn't want to do it, right? In fact, uh, he said that he chose to do it. And he told Peter in Matthew 26, uh, remember when they came to arrest Jesus, he said, put your sword away. And he said, do you, not, uh, do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm not being forced to go to the cross. I'm not being forced to be arrested. I'm allowing this to happen. Jesus willfully went to the cross. And in, in John 19, uh, when Jesus was before Pilate, Jesus answered and said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Jesus was saying, look, 
I am choosing to allow you to take me to the cross, to pay the price to redeem mankind from the power of sin. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he said, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, that's God's grace, that even though Jesus was pure and holy and sinless, he came and was crucified, paid the price to redeem us from our sin. And why? Well, I love that verse 9 gives us some insight to why Jesus did all that. It says, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, why, why did he do that? That you might have a rich life. Now, important to understand, this is very different than worldly riches, right? Because the riches that the Lord has for his children is not the same as the riches when Jesus said to beware of the deceitfulness of certain kind of riches in Matthew 13, 22, when he said, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So there is a kind of riches that a person can chase after that causes their life to be unfruitful. And, and you know, certainly we all see that. You all know Americans have more money than any other society in the history of the world, and yet, what are the trends in America? Well, increasingly, people are filled with anger, sadness, emptiness. I just read last week, the new trend in America is that people are filled with loneliness, right? That, that's a, and so now, they're excited about AI coming out because people are lonely, and they're going to get a computer that can talk to them. I don't think it's going to fix the problem, right? They're lonely because they're, they're not experiencing God's best in their life. And that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about those kind of riches that, that just lead people to be empty and lonely. And, and uh, you know, I read that, uh, uh, I think it was in Forbes magazine, they said that uh, they surveyed people and said, what is it to be rich in America? And, and to quantify it, you know, numerically. And, and, you know, over the years it's been different. But some people said when your net worth is 1.5 million, you're rich, or 2 million, or whatever. But the reality is everyone in this room knows people who have more money than brains, and they're unhappy, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's just a reality. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. So what are the riches that Jesus is talking about? Well, when you have a personal relationship with him, he gives you a rich life, and they're riches that you can't buy with money. They're riches that people can't take away, which is so awesome. Jesus brings not only salvation, forgiveness, hope for the future, but one of the riches that I value in my life is that Jesus brings a rich life that is filled with joy. In John 15, 11, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See, money can't buy a joy-filled life, right? Uh, we know that joy is an emotion that comes from what's going on internally in a person because of their relationship with God. Knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing that your ultimate destiny is heaven where there's no more pain or sorrow, there is a joy that comes from your relationship with God. And it's not dictated by outward circumstances. And I love that. Uh, in Psalm 16, 11, it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's why I love coming to church, coming and worshiping, just being in the presence of God, worshiping. There's, there's joy, right? When you come and realize that God's in control of everything, that he loves you, that he died for you, that he has a plan for your life, that he cares about you more than you care about yourself, and he has great things. And that, that really just brings this joy in your heart, like, ah, right? Some people think, oh, if I had money, physical money, right? Uh, if I stood at the front door and wrote you all a check for $10,000, you would have happiness. You'd be like, yay, until you went to the bank tomorrow and then realized he doesn't have this money. <laughs> then it'd be sadness, right? But with Jesus, the joy comes from him inside of you, and people can't take it away. And so 
part of the rich life is a life full of joy, right? And that's what he wants for you. And, and if you say, well, Pastor Bob, I'm not experiencing that kind of joy. Well, then maybe you ought to pray and say, Lord, I want that, right? Because he wants you to have it. Uh, Jesus also brings us uh, riches of a peaceful life. In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, Jesus brings a peace where you don't have to be filled with trouble and angst, and you don't have to be afraid because you know he's on your side. He loves you. We're going to stop there because we're out of time. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com, like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day.